Welcome back, NBA family, to another episode. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. And we got a very, fam very familiar face in the building today, man. None other than my guy, Jay, a.k.a. NBA Addict TV. My dog, how you doing? Hey, bro, I'm doing good. It's been a really incredible start to the NBA year. Hey, we got a lot of hoops to talk about. Yes, sir, man. We got a lot of hoops to talk about. We've been seeing players go off for 50 burgers, been seeing players go off for triple doubles. So uh, I'm just happy you're here, my brother. We're going to talk about it. Uh, before we get into it, I do want to let everybody know today is Saturday, December 2nd. So if something happens after here, you can't hold us responsible for that, man. But <laughs> let's go ahead and get into it, man. We got a jam-packed show. We're going to go ahead and kick it off with what we like, how we always do every episode. And that's just some news around the league, man. So Jay, I don't know if you've seen, but yesterday, KD, he surpassed Moses Malone and became 10th in all-time scoring. It was his 27,410th point. So just let's you know start the show with that. Give me your thoughts on KD making that top 10 of the all-time scoring list. How do you feel about that? I'm not going to lie. That's actually really impressive. I think for the last decade or so, KD has pretty much been – the best scorer that we've had in the NBA. And I'm glad that he's starting to climb up the ranks in terms of the uh, being a scoring leader in the, the scoring, you know, uh, um, all-time list. I love that for him. I love that for him because I think being, as he climbs uh, high on that list for years to come, far after he retires, he's going to be known as one of the greatest scorers to ever play in the NBA. And rightfully so, bro. The brother is seven feet tall and he can score over anybody. And, he be, he, and, and he's been doing it his entire career. Facts, man. And it, what's crazy is like when I talk about KD, well, I tell people like I know he's not number one, like leading scorer of all time, like LeBron James. But if you ask me, like, John, you got to pick a player to go get a bucket out of all NBA players in history. I'm not going to lie. I think I'm going to go with KD. Am I am I wrong for that? Or like, who, who would you go with? Uh, I'm not going to lie. So if you ask me to, to pick somebody that could go get me a bucket, yeah. it depends where the bucket's at. If it's a three. I have to go to Steph. I'm not going to lie. If it's anywhere else, though, if it's anywhere else, I'm picking Kevin Durant. I'm not going Okay, okay. So so, so, what if it's like last, you know, last possession of the game? You know, you got, you got, you bringing the ball up court. And who you want? You want KD or Steph for that? Bring the ball up court, last last possession of the game? Yeah, bring the ball up court and get, get something done. Either get a bucket or get somebody open. You better hold bean. Respectfully, I got to go King James for that. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. You know how I feel about my goat James, man. But, <laughs> but all right, man. And then, I mean, just let, let's let give let's give a little bit of love to KD, too, because I, he's he's in 10th. But I actually think he's, by the before the season's over, he's going to be in, like, 7th. Because Melo's in 9th, and Melo had... Melo has eight twenty eight thousand two hundred and eighty nine, and then Shaq has twenty eight thousand five hundred and ninety six. I ain't gonna lie, KD's he's really there. I think he. What's up? Wait, wait, wait. What's he at right now? KD's at twenty seven thousand four hundred four hundred and ten. Oh, he for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. He could get there. He could yeah, get there, man. Wow, that's that's crazy to surpass Carmelo and Shaq. He's hey. crazy, man. Shout out KD though, man. That's Absolutely. crazy because a lot of people like. Like, like, you know, talk bad about KD because of the rings and him hopping from team to team or whatever. When he's, when he's retired, bro, I think that's when people are finally going to realize that he was a one and one of one player. Like, you won't see that type of guy ever again, bro. Like, ever again. I agree, bro. We're talking about a seven footer with the ability to bring the bring the ball down court, hezzy, hezzy, pull up, get to the rim. Like he could quite literally do everything out there. And I agree. I think that move from like OKC to the Warriors, like just tarnished his career and like people just didn't respect him as much for it. But if we put that aside and we talk about hoop, I mean, you there's no debating what he do. 
Bro's a bucket. Bro's a bucket. Facts, man. I think that's the perfect way to, to, to segue into our first segment of the show here. And that is the who's most likely to segment. So here, brother, I have some statements here for you and I'm going to, you know, say it. And I want you to let me know who's most likely to for, for that statement. That's cool with you? Yes, sir. All right, man. Let's go ahead and get into it. So, Jay, we've been seeing a lot of players like taking crazy leaps this year. I'm talking about players like uh, Jamal Murray, who's never been an all-star players like Desmond Bain, never been an all-star Tyrese Maxey, Mikhail Bridges players who are now getting opportunities that they've never had before. So my question to you is who to you is most likely to be a first time all-star this year? Uh, first time all-star, I would have to go a lock it would have to be Tyrese Maxey, bro. Tyrese Maxey, what he's been able to do with that Sixers team, despite what everybody thought coming into the season. Everybody thought everybody was selling their 76ers stock, bro. Like, no James Harden, nowhere they're a top five seed. But they forgot about Tyrese Maxey. The jump he's been able to take, still being an incredibly efficient shooter from behind the arc. Being able to increase the pace that the 76ers are playing at. Also, being able to still be a really good player playing alongside Joel Embiid. I mean, we all talked about how efficient that pick and roll with James Harden and Joel Embiid was. But guess what? Tyrese Maxey is doing the same thing, and it's looking incredible. Joel Embiid might actually be better than he was with James Harden. That's the crazy part. And I, I, I would have to give it to Tyrese Maxey, bro. He has completely blew any expectations I had for him coming into the season. Coming into the season, bro. I love that. I, I, I love that love for, for, for Tyrese because, I mean, not only has he been balling, but we also got to look at it like context-wise. Like, I, I was watching his interview. I believe he did with, like, I think it was J.J. Redick. But he was basically talking about how, like, he didn't know if Harden was going to play or wasn't going to play coming into the season. So, like, his role, if Harden plays or doesn't play, is two totally different roles. So, it's like, if Harden's not there, he's more ball on ball and he's supposed to be that, you know, point guard, primary ball handler. But if Carton's not there, he's more of just a catch and shoot and just kind of staying in the corner. So for him to be able to like be ready, he said he was ready for anything. He's like, if Harden plays, I'm ready to play that role. If Harden doesn't play, I'm ready to play this role. So I love the the, the love for, for Tyrese Maxey. And it just makes me feel like, man, the league is in great hands. Because like how you said, Tyrese Maxey, he's a realistic option. Desmond Bain, I think he's a realistic option. I think pa uh, Paolo Bancaro, he's a realistic option. The Magic are on Ooh. a fucking nine-game winning streak. They haven't lost. Jamal Murray, he's a realistic option. Uh, uh, Alfred Sengun, he's a realistic option. But ultimately, ultimately, Jay, and you're you going to love this one. I ain't going to lie, brother. You know who I'll go with? First yeah. time All-Star this year. You baby, know who he is. baby. You know who I'm going with, baby. Jalen Brunson, bro. Look, besides the fact that he just helped the Knicks like get as far as they ever got in the playoffs since Melo, he's averaging 25 points per game right now on four, four rebounds, five assists, 48% from the three-point line. This nigga almost shooting 50% from the three-point line. And we're talking about a six-foot guard. He's the leader of the Knicks who's quite maybe the biggest market in the NBA. And when you look at the Knicks, when they play with him and they play without him, it's two totally different teams. So it's like he's their playmaker. He gets other he gets Randall involved. He gets all Josh Hart involved. He gets everybody else involved. But he also can be a bucket getter, man. I mean, his last couple of games, 42 points, 35 points, 24 mm. points, 32, mm. 32, and 45. Like, come on, man. Like he's he's been on fire. So for me, it's gotta be JB, man. 
Hey, I love the Jalen Brunson love, bro. I absolutely love it. You know what's crazy? Last year, he was shooting, like, horribly from the three-point line. And for a guy that got a lot of his buckets in the mid-range on a lot of difficult shots, it didn't make any sense to me why he was so bad from three. And I absolutely love that Tom Thibodeau made that emphasis in the offseason, like, JB, you need to get that three-pointer right. And he did. And, bro, I'm telling you that it's going to pay off most when it comes to the playoffs. Facts, man. No, I ain't going to lie. Shooting 50% from three for a season is 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 a wild stat, man. So shout out JB. He going to keep it rolling. And I knew, I knew, I knew when, you know, when he was on the show, I was like, Jay going to love the JB love. So <laughs> Absolutely, bro. Yo, he should have been an all-star last year, if we're being honest. That's what I'm saying. That, to be real, he should have, man. But all right, brother. So let, let's keep it pushing to the next who's most likely to. And that is we're, we're going to go over there to the, stay on the East. And we're going to talk about the Bulls, man. I mean, we've been seeing that the Bulls have decided to blow it all up. And we know that the, the two biggest stars, Damar and Zach. So what I want to know is who's most, most likely to be traded first or shipped out first? Is it Damar or is it Zach? <clears throat> if you're asking me personally, Clutch, the first that should be going is Billy Donovan. But Obviously, that's not the case. They signed up to a contract extension in the offseason. That's probably the worst move they could have done. But most likely to be traded would have to be Zach Levine. But I'm a little hesitant on saying that, not because he's a bad player or anything like that, but it's that contract. He's getting paid a lot of money. And not only is it going to be tough to match a contract like that, because you're going to have to give up either a bad contract or a lot of pieces, a lot of value up for Zach Levine. And we've never seen Zach Levine necessarily in a winning situation. So that intrigues me. But I'm a little hesitant on Zach Levine because – I wouldn't mind seeing DeMar DeRozan in another situation because we've seen him on winning teams like with the Raptors and a couple of uh, – I'm not wait, did he make the playoffs with the Spurs? I'm not I'm not uh, completely sure on that. But um, I feel like DeMar could fit in a, a – DeMar's fit with a lot of other teams may be a bit more difficult than I would say Zach Levine fitting on teams because his, his game is so mid-range heavy. And we haven't necessarily seen that translate to the playoffs. I mean, he's a notorious playoff dropper. If we're being honest, I'm, 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 I'm right there with you, brother. And I mean, for me, for who's most likely to, I think it's Zach, only because of what you, exactly what you said. I think Zach is easier to to get traded, like how he said the the, the contract is is hard to take on. But if you if you like are one of these big name teams, like and I'm not even saying this as a Lakers fan, but even like Philly, right? Well, if you got the money, you got the you can go into the luxury tax, and that that no, that's not a problem for you. These teams, man, like. They need to put that up because I think that, yeah, Zach Levine, like a perfect destination for him would be like Philly. He'd, he'd really be like, what, their, their second score, maybe even the Lakers. Or I'm like, you know, you don't look like you're feeling that. Talk to me. Talk wait, to wait, me. wait, 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 wait. I so, so clutch. Talk to me, right? Who would you trade for Zach Levine if you're Philly? I mean, at this point, I think you need to go all in to win a championship. Everybody's on the, everybody's on the table except Tyrese Maxey and jo- Joel Embiid. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I love to, I love Tobias Harris, bro. I can't get rid of him, bro. Whoa. I You're love not getting rid of Tobias Harris for Zach Levine? No, bro. Uh-uh. Bro, he plays defense. He's a, a really good, uh, like, he can create his own shot. He I, Honestly, if I'm being honest, he brings more to the table than Zach Levine. If I'm wow. Now, now, now let me ask you about the consistency, though, because that's Tobias Harris' biggest issue is his inconsistency. Does that does that not scare you, especially come playoffs? Because he's been rocking out so far this season, but we also less than 30 games into the season. 
Hey, if we talking about consistency, I've seen Zach Levine go up for like 30 points, next game score five. So I, I don't know. I don't know about that, bro. But I feel like consistency has been a problem for him in the past because of the James Harden situation for real. Like he really wasn't comfortable having Doc come up to him and be like, hey, you're just gonna sit in the corner, you're gonna you're gonna shoot the ball when you get it, and you're gonna play defense. That's that's all you're gonna do. But we know Tobias can do more than that. Tobias, Tobias definitely can do more than that, man. But I, I just don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm also pretty sure Zach Levine is a, is a younger, is a younger fit. So not only does he fit that timeline of a Joel Embiid, because I'm, I'm gonna be real, brother. Like you think come playoffs that Tobias Harris could be a viable third scoring option? Absolutely. Oh, 100. percent More 100%, than, bro. more than Zach Levine, the man See, who's, who's two seasons ago putting up 24 points per game. See, I, I, but it's, it's like you're taking a big risk though, because I know what I have with with, with the Tobias Harris, with Zach Levine. I don't know what he looks like in the playoffs. I know damn sure he don't play no defense, so I, I don't know. Now that's real. That's real, man. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what I see is for like you know teams that are they're in a championship window or like you at least have a chance. When you have a generational player like Joel Embiid, you just try to you gotta try to go all in, and maybe you're right. You know, maybe that taking the gamble for Zach Levine is, it isn't the right move and just staying safe with what's been working because I mean, the 76 has been balling out so far this year. And right now Tobias Harris is averaging 18 points per game has played every, has played every game so far. Um, so, I mean, it's, it, it, it's looking good, man. So I want to know the, the family in the comment section down below, y'all let us know, like y'all think the 76 ers should keep Tobias or you think they should maybe try to ship Tobias for a player like, um, like Zach Levine or, or that caliber. Y'all let me know in the comment section down below. But, brother, what I want to know now is who's most likely to, which team is most likely to have the biggest drop-off this year? Uh, have the biggest drop-off, if I'm going to be completely honest, as much as I like what he has done so far, it has to be the Houston Rockets, bro. It has to be the Houston Rockets. Their offense has looked good. Defense has looked phenomenal. Ime Udoka's impact was instant, but they are struggling heavily on the road. I, I think up until this point, they may still be winless on the road, bro. For last time I checked, they were like 0 for 6. Yeah, like they're, they're, they're on a losing streak. It was, it was nasty. So, I mean, that, that comes with having a very young team. You know, you have to take steps. It's going to be a building block. I don't think this team is going to Make the they're not gonna be a top six team, a top a top six seed. Can they fight for the playing maybe in the like the nine ten seed? Sure, a hundred percent. I love what Alfred Sangoon is doing. His playmaking, bro. I, 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 his rebounding, his defense has improved. He's not a lockdown defender or rim protector by any means, but his re, his uh, defense has improved significantly. Jalen Green is no longer a ball hog. I, I love it. Usually the boy used to stick with him like for like at least like 15, 20 seconds out of the shot clock. Now he's giving it up. I love what Fred Van, I love the maturity that Fred Van Bleek brought to the Houston Rockets. He has this offense looking good. It's not a lot of ISO ball. And Emi Udoka, like I said, his impact was instant. And he's holding these guys accountable. I, I do want to see a lot more from uh, Jabari Smith Jr. though. I love that guy. Okay, okay. So then let, let me just get some clarity. You think that the Rockets took the biggest jump or they took the biggest downfall like from last year to this year? You think oh, wait, which wait. one? Oh, wait, maybe I misunderstood the question. Wait, are you mean like from I mean like from like they to... like they was good last year and they finna take a, a step oh, down oh, this year. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to I'm gonna ask you the, the biggest leap as well, though. So that could be the Rockets for the biggest leap. But I want to know for the biggest drop-off first. 
No, no. So, so for that, I thought you meant like from this point on to to like game eighty two. Oh, okay, okay. Not, not. I didn't mean like that. I meant like from last season and now coming into coming into this season. What you've seen okay. so far? Oh, I, yo, Memphis, Memphis, one hundred percent, bro. <laughs> Memphis is nasty. Oh, brother, bro. you right. I'm right there with you, brother. Bro, Memphis is absolutely awful from the injuries to. I mean, it's basically the injuries. You don't. Uh, you don't got job for twenty five games. Uh, I think you got what maybe like like six, seven more yeah, games bro. to go. Um. Desmond Bain has been trying his hardest, brother. Hardest. Trying his hardest. And who I'm most disappointed about is Jaron Jackson Jr., bro. I yo, I saw a lot of good things in that series against the Lakers, bro, when John Moran was out. Jaron Jer- Jackson Jr. showed some shot creation ability. Jaron Jackson Jr. showed that he can really take a ne- There's another step in his game, but where did that go? Where is that Jaron Jackson Jr.? Because he did not show up this season. And that's the guy I was looking for. I'm not looking for the Jaron Jackson Jr. that's on the court right now. I'm not, I don't want that guy. I do not want that guy. And the, the Memphis Grizzlies have been really bad. I mean, god awful. I'm right there with you, brother. And that's also my team for the biggest drop-off. I mean, we're talking about the team that was the second seed last year. Now they're four and thirteen. And like how you said, we know John Moran is out, but and 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 I've been saying this, and, and this this goes back to our Kia three day, Jay. I've been saying this since then. I said, look, I know that Ja is out, and everyone's saying like, wow, like watch, like t- like they're still gonna be good without Ja because they were good without Ja. But when they shipped Tyus Jones, that was the biggest difference changer, dog. Like Tyus Jones not being there, he was damn near was their entire bench. Like, and it wasn't even like he was just such a scoring threat off the bench. It was that he was such a good playmaker. He ran the offense. He he was another John Morant out there, really, just without all the bounce. Like he was the point guard for when John Morant wasn't there, and then he got shipped out. Okay, Steven Adams, he was so important to this team. He's injured, not going to play the rest of the season. Brendan Clark, he was so vital to like damn near being like a backup to Steven Adams, being like another big. The Grizzlies used to dominate the offensive glass, and that was all because of Steven Adams and Brandon Clark. And now Brandon Clark has no t- uh, timeline to return. And I mean, ultimately, bro, this team just took a huge, like massive step back, like a massive step back. And like, they're all around talent as far as like, you know, losing Tyus and whatnot and losing uh, Steven Adams for injury, but even like job being out for so long, like they gonna have to play catch up, bro. I don't know if this team is good enough to be playing catch up in a fire ass Western conference like this. Absolutely not. And I, I think you forgot to bring up Dylan Brooks too, bro. They Man. washed their hands with Dylan Brooks way too fast. Max. Like you guys really didn't appreciate what Dylan Brooks brought to your team and shows because you guys are awful right now, bro. It, it, it sucks. They did make a huge mistake trading Tyus Jones. They would have been a lot better. They would not be 4-13 if Tyus Jones and Dylan Brooks was still on this roster. And despite the injuries to Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark, there's no way I believe they'll still be 4-13. Man, no way. I, I know Dylan Brooks probably over there dancing in Houston. Oh, he yeah. like, hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny, man. But all right, Jay, what about the flip side of it? Who? I mean, I think you answered my question, but who took the biggest leap like from, from last year to now what you've seen so far this year? Uh, I, the Houston Rockets, Houston Rockets are definitely still a candidate, but I do want to shift to the Eastern Conference. I absolutely love what Tyrese Halliburton is doing in Indiana. I knew, I know they were a fifth seed when he was healthy last year, but he did end up getting injured. But even when they were, when when they were the fifth seed, they were not this good, bro. 
not even close to being this good, bro. They are scoring a ton of points, not playing any defense. But Tyrese Halliburton had took another step in his game. It's like every time I watch a Pacers game, he putting up 33, 15 mm-hmm. assists, uh, 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 like one, one zero turnover. It's like, damn, Tyrese. Chris Paul 2.0, like, what's going on over here? Yo, he has completely transformed the Indiana Pacers team. This is the Bob in Indiana. They turned over there, bro. They lit. They turned. They turned. Hey, lit. Hey, Jay, you know what's crazy? Remember what I told you about the Pacers? I said, watch out for Obi Toppin. He finna fit perfect on the Pacers. That nigga has been amazing on the Pacers, bro. Perfect, bro. Amazing, man. And and I mean, even even though you're a New York guy, do you do you love to see him do well, or are you like, damn? How, how do you feel about that, Jay? Hey, man, I miss Obi Toppin, man. But Tom Thibodeau wasn't had him doing in a right. very strict role, bro. Oh, he he was strictly he was strictly reduced to sitting in the corner, waiting to hit a corner three, uh, uh running running in transition and catching lobs. That's it. Now he got a little bit more freedom in the end. I see him, I see him putting the ball on the floor, you know what I'm saying? Cooking some defenders. And like, I love that. I love you know, I, I love I love that for Obi Toppin, man. We miss you in NY, man. Shout out Obi, man. I know they miss you in New York, but for my team that took the biggest leap, I'm gonna stay in the Eastern Conference with you right there, Jay. But I'm 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 actually gonna go with a different team. I'm gonna go with the Orlando Magic, man. Ooh. I ain't gonna lie. I wanted to go with the Timberwolves because they're the number one seed, but like if we're talking about the biggest leap. I mean, I think the Timberwolves are already kind of on this trajectory. Maybe not number one seed trajectory. Like, all right, we're, they're going to be the number one seed. But, you know, they have they have Anthony Towns. They have Anthony Edwards, who we all knew was going to take this big jump. But the Orlando Magic, man, last year they were the 13th seed. Right now they're the second seed. They're on a nine-game winning streak, and they have one of the best benches in the NBA right now. Like, I, I did not see this jump from the Orlando Magic. I thought it was going to take two or three more years, and they might mess around and be a playing team this year. Yo, bro, oh, my God. Yeah, I, I thought they were going to be, like you said, a playing team, maybe catch the AC, 7C if they're lucky. But, brother, what? A top three seed? Top three. Am I, yeah, am I they're two seed right now. Two seed in the East? That's completely, yo, bro, completely blew any expectations I have for that team out the water, bro. And it's crazy because Franz is still having a, I believe his shooting percentages aren't exactly where you like it to be. And Wendell Carter has been out. Marco Fultz has been out. And they're still playing phenomenal. Shout out to Gogo Bataze, man. Shout out <laughs> to him playing a, playing a fantastic role as their new starting center. Incredible rim protector. Out there getting the rebounds, making it difficult for anybody coming into the paint. Shout out to Cole Anthony, six minutes the year my sixth man of the year you know what i'm saying mo wagner's playing absolutely fantastic that that Orlando Magic team they're just fun to watch man they're absolutely fun to watch bro that team they're on a, a nine game win streak right nine game win streak right now brother they're they are so much fun to watch. and the crazy thing is like i remember when joe ingles came to the orlando magic over the offseason i'm like oh that doesn't even make sense even he balling even he doing his thing so that, that that's crazy and then even jalen sucks too a lot i know a lot oh, of people yeah i know a lot of i mean you know me brother you know i've been i've been rooting for jalen sucks for a long time and talking about how he's just he's just straight up been the best athlete from that draft class that he got drafted and i think it's eventually going to start transitioning and this year i think it's now he's starting to put the ball on the ball on the ground a lot more he's just being a lot more consistent so man I, i'm right there with you i love the orlando magic that's probably my league pass team this year i ain't gonna lie not for real bro i yo, i love that uh the most importantly like you said he's been more consistent and he's staying on the on the court like he's been healthy and i, I love that he's bringing like the the winning mentality that he had in gonzaga to, to orlando bro I, I love it bro i love that team bro they they play hard they're they're a fun watch 
Shout out to Orlando Magic, man. But all right, brother, let's go ahead and get to our next segment of the show here. And that is the Rate Your Worry segment. Um, I got a statement here for you. And you tell me how worried you are from 1 to 10. 1 being I'm not even tripping. 10 being we got to do somebody right now, man. That's cool with you, brother? Yes, sir. Let's get it. All right, let's get it, Jay. Let's get it. So look, historically, over the last 40 years, all NBA champions have been top five, top either five to 10 in both offensive rating and defensive rating. Now let's look at the Mavs real quick. The Mavs offense is absolutely no problem. They're ranked number four in right now in the league offensively, but their defense is where there's a huge issue. They're ranked number 24 in the NBA defensively. So what I want to know is rate your worry on the Mavs terrible defense getting in the way of their title chances. Because when you bring in Kyrie and Luca and you shipped out everything that you shipped out last season, you're trying to win a championship. You're not trying to go to the Western conference finals and get swept there. So how worried are you that this bad defense is going to hinder their title chances? Um, I'm when it comes to the defense, I mean, I mean, Jason Kidd did say that they're comfortable playing in the one twenties, but when it comes to being a title contender, you gotta you gotta have some type of willingness or like defensive philosophy to cover up the holes that you have on the team. And Jason Kidd, he's he's not that type of coach, and they don't have a lot of def- uh, defensive pieces that they can really like hold down the opposing team's best player. So, but I have oh uh, let me just give a shout out to Derek Lively. A lot of people were down on Derek Lively coming into the draft. They thought he was gonna be incredibly raw, not be able to stay on the court for 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 an extended amount of time. But he has been really impressive. But I just want to say I have an idea for the Dallas Mavericks, and this is going to help their defense tremendously, right? Um, trade idea. You take you, you're not playing Jaden Hardy whatsoever. I mean, I don't know why I really like the guy, but J, uh, Jason Kidd is not giving him a chance. You take Jaden Hardy, maybe um, uh, a couple more pieces. You trade that to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Take Jared Allen because they have a big problem. They they hey, they they said they said uh, they don't like how they got no space and they have two non-shooters on the floor at all times. Hey, solve that problem. Take take Jared Allen, give them Jaden um Jaden Hardy, uh maybe Olivier Prosper uh Prosper. Uh hey, if you want to if you want throw in Derek Lively too, do it. Hey, do it. Jared Allen is a way more proven player. I say do it. Get yourself a rim protector. And once you get yourself a rim protector, I think for the most part Grant Williams and uh, maybe Derrick Jones Jr. can cover up most of the perimeter defense, and you just got to hide Luka and Kyrie as much as you can. As much as you can, once you do that, you're good. Once you do that, you're good. I think from, from that point on, you can make yourself somewhere between a 15th, maybe scratch 11th, 10th uh, in terms of being a defensive uh, in the defensive ranks. Once you do that, I think Luka Doncic can take you uh, can take you home on offense. We know Kyrie can take you home on offense, and they still got a lot of shooting and, and stuff around them as well. I like that. I ain't gonna lie, Jay. I, I really do like that trade package because I mean, y- you're bringing in a more established player right now, and Jared Allen, which I, I, I'll give it to you. You know, Jared Allen definitely is a more established player than the rookie Derek Lively. But I mean, I'm sure you I'm sure you've been catching a lot of Mavs games, dog. Like Derek Lively is. He looks good, man. Like those those pick and rolls, he's ca- he's catching damn near every lob from Luca and Kyrie. But then again, like you know, Jared Allen could do that and provide a lot more defense. So I really do like that. But like I said, man, like I'm j- I'm just a little bit worried about the Mavs actually being able to be a title contender because like when 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 we look at like let's say the Mavs did get out of the West, okay, and they're and and they're facing the Bucks or they're facing the Celtics, like. 
you, you're going to have to stop some of those guys. You're going to have to get a stop on the other end. And it's like, and you're going to have to either put up 150 points or more, or somehow figure out a way to stop Giannis or somehow figure out a way to stop Jason, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And it's like, they're two guard, their backcourt. Luca is notoriously known to being a bad defender. Kyrie, he, you know, he's not the greatest defender, but he's not the weakest defender of all time. But it's like he's not do he's not stopping Jalen Brown. He's not stopping Jason Tatum. And even Dame, like we, I, I forgot about Dame. Like Dame is gonna torch up Luca, torch up Kyrie. So it's it, it's tough, man. I think that unless you yeah, lock down some type of defense, you're just kind of hoping to outscoring everybody and it'll work in a regular season but i think once you get to playoffs and the game slows down and it becomes a lot more of a half court set and it's not just like running and gunning and let's just see who can score the most then i think the mavs are gonna are gonna really struggle man so I, i'm a bit worried 100 now I'm, I'm worried too i'm worried too for sure but i feel like that if they can take one step in the right direction in terms of defense just that just that help not not make yourself such a liability on that end Hey, just take it one step at a time, man. Just take it one step at a time. All right, brother. So let's talk about another player that really needs to take it one step at a time, and that's Bradley Beal, man. His man has oh. only played three of 19 games so far due to his lower back injury. Two of the three games that he played in, he lost. The one of the games that he that they did win in, he shot terrible efficiency. So Bradley Beal hasn't looked anything like we, what we've seen. So rate your worry on this Bradley Beal injury situation and how much that's actually going to affect the Suns. Oh, uh, wow. Um, Bradley Bill has been, over the last couple of years, been notorious for being injured, injury prone, uh, if you want to say that. But how worried I am about Bradley Bill, I that's kind of difficult to say because without Bradley Bill, this Phoenix Suns team has looked phenomenal. I mean, Bradley Bill is basically just a, is a plus. Like, hey, if you could come in and give us some extra points, cool. But if not, we could still go, go, go be some of the best teams out there. Um but you did trade Chris Paul, you know, for Bradley Bill. So in, t- in terms of that, I am worried about Bradley Bill. I mean, a back injury is serious. I mean, we've seen it keep MPJ out an extended amount of time. We've seen it keep Ben Simmons out uh, an extended amount of time. And what really scares me is that night where they said that Big 3 were going to debut, but a game-time decision, Bradley Bill is scratched. That, that worries me that, oh, you thought you were fine, and then out of nowhere the back comes back. That's actually a really, really big worry for me if I'm a, a Phoenix Suns fan. So I would say I'm, I'm really worried about Bradley Beal in this situation. Man, I'm I am like a hundred percent worried. And, and 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 real quick, shout out shout out my neighbor Dylan because he's actually he's actually a Suns fan, and he we be always always talking about the Suns and Bradley Beal and all that. And he he was we was talking last night. He was the one that kind of got me thinking about this. That's why I put it on the episode for today. But when I'm well, the reason why I'm worried is because like. When when the Suns when um what what's the name of the owner over there the dude who just bought the team uh, Matt Ishbia Matt Ishbia thank you when when Matt Ishbia like was putting together the team and the GMs or whatnot they built this team with the mindset of all right we're gonna have KD we're gonna have Devin Booker and we're gonna have Bradley Beal we're gonna have a very top heavy team and then we're gonna have like some all right players because what other teams in the league have that like better of a of a of a you know trio like no I don't think any other team in the league has a better trio. But there's a lot of teams in the league that have like a better like all around roster. But the Suns were okay with giving up death so that they can have, you know, a really good top heavy team. But they did that in mind that Bradley Beal was playing. Now, bro is not playing like how you said. 
regular season, they've been able to get it done. They have arguably, we talked about at the beginning of the show, arguably the greatest like scorer of all time. They have Devin Booker, who we know what he's doing. Like in for our generation, he's probably one of the one of the greatest scorers as well, too. He's definitely, definitely getting to it. So regular season, they're getting it done. But my concern is come playoffs because what did what did we see last season with the Suns? Devin Booker and Kevin Durant were going off for like 30 plus, 40 plus, and they were still getting popped by the Sun, by the Nuggets, by like 20 plus. Yeah. So that's my concern is that like come playoffs, you're going to, if Bradley Beal isn't there, you're going to be in the same situation where KD and D-Book are just every time down court, cash, cash, cash. And like they'll make it, but shit, on the other end, you're still down by, you're still down by 20. And also another concern that I have is like when Bradley Beal does come back, you got to, I don't think Bradley Beal is just like a Clay Thompson like pit like you could just add him in 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 the in any situation like Bradley Beal for all we've seen him on the Wizards when he was with John Wall he was a number 2 option when John Wall left he was a number 1 option we've never seen Bradley Beal as a number 3 option so now to integrate him mid-season while other teams have already been had the chemistry role and have had time going integrate the player like that into the third like a third scoring option I'm very concerned I'll be honest yeah, so I, when when it comes to when it comes to like him possibly coming back, I mean, hopefully coming back, you know, hopefully this season isn't just like all injury injury riddled. But I'm hoping that he's he can be a plug and play uh, type of player. You stick him in, or maybe Frank Vogel had uh, conversations about like how he fit with the other two guys. I'm hoping that, be, but so yeah. far it hasn't been it hasn't been what you expected. Absolutely has not been, but all right, brother. Let me get to the next one here. And I mean, let's talk about Clay, man. He's clearly taking a step back. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not even like trying to hate on him, be like, oh, he's washed or not. He's been through a lot of injuries, whatever, but he's just clearly not the same. We 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 all can see, and we all know that Clay Thompson was a huge part of what the Warriors w- were doing when they when they had their dynasty run. Um, so what I want to know is Jay, like rate your worry on if Clay Thompson isn't fully him. Is the Warriors championship window closed? Is Clay done? Talk to me. Hey, hey, John. Hey, John. You say you're not a hater, bro. I'm about to get some real hate right now. Clay Thompson is washed, bro. That, that yo, he's washed, bro. And here's a little sneak peek because I do have a video coming out about this situation. Clay Thompson, yo, uh, Matt, um, Bob Myers is no longer there. Bob Myers is no longer the GM for the Golden State Warriors. The dynasty is over. The dynasty is clipped. Uh, Chris Paul it got injured. He, I believe, he's dealing with the nerve. Uh, nerve injury. Um, Andrew Wiggins started the season absolutely awful. Played good the last few games. Then boom, he slams his finger to a car door. And then um, uh, uh, GP two, GP two is injured. Bro, the dynasty is over. Y'all are cooked, bro. Steve Kerr refuses to play the young guys despite how good they're playing. Y'all, I mean, I don't know if you watched the game against Sacramento, but you take out Moses yep. Moody, Moses yep. Moody, because you wanted to put. Uh, I think he said Andrew Wiggins back in. No, bro. Stick with the young guys. The guy was high. Like, it, it, it's frustrating, bro. I, I think this is the last year that Steve Kerr will be the head coach for the Golden State Warriors. I believe this is the last year that Klay Thompson will be a Golden State Warrior. And this may be the last year you see Draymond Green in a Golden State Warrior uniform, bro. Here's my proposal. Another trade. My fault. My fault, bro. But no, go trade. ahead. I got to play GM real quick. Hey, hey. Let, let's do a let's do a one year re, uh, rebuild turnaround, right? All right, boom. Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Hey, who? What's a young superstar right now that 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 teams may not want a team may not want to get rid of because he has such a bright future? But 
he may not be playing too well at the moment. That you could catch him at a very low price. Hey, yo, yo, Dwayne Casey, yo, what's the price for Kate Cunningham in, in Detroit looking like right now? Man. Well, what's the price looking like right now? His shooting percentages are god awful. He's averaging five turnovers a game, and it's just getting worse from this point on. What, what's, what's it look like right now? I'm exploring my options to build for. For, for, for the next 10 years. Bob Myers is no longer there. Mike Dunleavy, you have to put on your big boy pants and be able to let go of this core. The core four of Steve Kerr, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green are no more. They're washed. They're washed, dog. Dang, brother. That right there, that's real, brother. That's real. I ain't going to lie. I am in the... I believe that like that team. Yeah. I believe that team is like washed. I don't know if that team is still championship contenders. I do think that when Chris Paul came on, like I thought it was going to just make it worse, but at first it really made it better. Like Chris Paul was came off the bench, was able to get these young guys rocking and rolling, but you hit it. You hit the nail on the head when you said Steve Kerr, he don't play the young guys. And, and, and I, I've been calling this shit out since James Wiseman. Like I understand James Wiseman didn't, didn't necessarily fit the timeline, but it's like James Wiseman also never got a chance. Just like how Moses Moody, every time he, he, he does, he does something wrong. Boom. gets taken out so quick. I think that they need to realize that. All right. Well, you know, Steph may still be Steph, but we need to start investing on some of these young guys and letting them get some playing time. Because if not, then we, we just, we're, they're going to become their retirement home. Literally, bro, like, I, I was looking at the James Wiseman situation, right? This brother tore his uh, meniscus for a big guy, seven foot tall, tore his meniscus, trying to work his way back. Let's remember, he only played in three college games. So this guy is basically a high schooler trying to rehab from his meniscus tear. He only plays in 12 games. Oh, uh, he only plays in tw 21 games in the year he returns from the meniscus injury. Only plays in 12 minutes a game. How do you catch a rhythm? How do you try to solidify yourself as a player in only 12 minutes a game? I'm like, how am I supposed to build confidence in myself? They Man. they got rid of James Wiseman way too soon, bro. Way too soon. I'm 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 right there with you, brother. I'm and I'm happy that you agree with me because. I live in the Bay Area, so I catch a lot of like these Warriors fans who, you know, they they they, they want to win right now. You know what I'm saying? So they was like, "Oh, Jason Wiseman's a bust." I'm like, "How are you gonna call him a bust? He ain't even played this whole season yet." Like that's the crazy part. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy we agree. Talk to me. And I and I still and I, I don't agree that he's a bust up until this point. Now the only reason he's not getting PT in Detroit is because they got a lot of talented bigs over there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. And and hey, I mean, if the Warriors want to maybe call it call, call them back over for some for, for a cheap price, they could do it, man. They could do it. They could do it, man. But all right, Jay. So let's get to the last segment of the show here, and that is the winners or losers segment. Uh, winners loser of the week. So I want since you to guess, I want you to let I want you to run off your two if you're ready, or you can go winner first or loser first. Totally up to you. But go ahead, Jay. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my loser first. Um, right now, my loser uh, would be the uh, Clippers. Got to be the Clippers. They got dusted by the Golden State Warriors. Um, uh, was it last night or two nights ago? They got dusted by the Golden State Warriors, despite the trouble, the struggles that they're going through. You and it's this. This is a completely healthy Clippers team. Like, like, yeah. hey, like you got you got PG Kawhi, uh, Russ, James Harden, Terrence Mann. Everybody's healthy. But yet you're 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 struggling to beat another team that's struggling in the West. Like you have championship aspirations, but you can't beat a Golden State Warriors team that's that, that doesn't look anything like like themselves. I think that they they have to be the biggest losers, bro. Might Man. be the biggest losers of the last three weeks, to be honest. 
<laughs> you real for that, Jay. And then you want to run off your winner too? You want me to run off my loser now? No, what you want to loser. All right, my loser. We were just talking about it, bro. The Detroit Pistons, 16 straight L's in a row is crazy, Jay. Like, now I ain't going to lie. Like, 16 L's in a row is crazy. Like, you got to at some point take, like, pride in not losing. You got to at some point do something. Like, 16 straight L's in a row is crazy. And like how you said, Kate Cunningham, almost five turnovers per game. Like how you – and then you you were – um. Uh, you were mentioning earlier, like the whole like James Wiseman situation, and like he's he's not, he's not really getting as much playing time. But like they have good players, but they not being able to produce wins. I ain't gonna lie, I was just watching them play at the Lakers, and when the Lakers popped them, like they play no defense. They had to play no defense. They turned the ball over. It's horrendous, and 16 straight L's in a row is crazy. So that's my loser of the week. <laughs> crazy, bro. Crazy. Wait, I got I got one more uh, loser of the week. I just mm-hmm. wanna, I just wanna, I have to say, it, bro. The Bucks lost to the Chicago Bulls in OT without Zach Levine and Demar Derozan. That's nasty, bro. That's yeah. that's nasty work. And I, I, I'm gonna be honest, for the for the first like whatever amount of games has been in the year, I had Giannis as being the Jerry West Clutch Player of the Year for for some of the defensive plays that he's been able to make at the end of games, like that block he had on, I believe it was Kobe White, maybe uh yeah. maybe maybe it was somebody else. But that, that block was absolutely insane, but they ended up going to OT anyways and losing in OT, so that was bad. Losing to the Bulls that's struggling without Zach and Demar is like you meant you you probably was trying to lose that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, it was bad, bro. But um crazy. Let, let me get my winner, and my winner would have to be uh, – you mentioned them earlier in the in, in, in today's episode, the Orlando Magic winning nine straight games, bro. Like, uh, man, that, that team just continues to impress me night in, night out. You would think uh, maybe – the last game was against the Wizards. Maybe oh they they went they won they have won eight games. Maybe they're content tonight. They're playing down to the competition. No, bro. No, they want this to go on. This team has literally got, got like some type of manufactured winning DNA in these young guys. It's it's insane to be honest. I love to see it. I love to see. It. We were talking about how fun they are, man. So I'm I'm right there with you. Um, but I have for my winner, I have a I have a player for for this one. I don't have a team, and that's SGA, man. His recent performances. Listen to this right here, Jay. All right. 33 points in a win. 32 points in a loss. 40 points in a win. 40 points in a win. 32 points in a win. 35 points in a win. This is crazy. SGA. And they're winning. The, the Oklahoma City Thunder are in the third seed right now on, on a two-game winning streak. They're 12 and 6. I mean, I know it's early in the season, but the way SGA is playing, the way Czech's playing, the way that entire team is playing, it they're fun to watch. And I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow end up maybe even seven seed and might sneak in as a six seed, bro. The way they're playing. Hey, I'm not gonna lie. Hey, hey, hey. I forgot who said it uh in our Kia Kia threes or streams, but they might be a top four seed, bro. They who? might be a top four seed, bro. Hey, and I'll be honest, I'll be honest. With the way they're playing and the consistency that I've seen from those players, especially Chet, especially Chet. Hey, don't be surprised if. If SGA sneaks himself into some MVP talks, bro, I mean, hey, man. <laughs> you told me the numbers. You told me the numbers. If those stay consistent, it's gonna be it, a hard argument to 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 go against. It ain't no, it ain't no reason to not. I mean, right now SGA is averaging thirty points per game with six uh, six assists and five um yeah no six assists and five rebounds. This nigga's doing his thing on 54 percent from the field. And mind you, SGA doesn't take that many threes, bro. SGA is gets to the hoop and it just uses that shoulder. That man. So 
big shout out to SGA, man. He's been Absolutely. balling out doing his thing. But before we wrap up, though, because you brought up Chet, I got to ask you, Jay, would it be fair if Chet actually got rookie of the year? Oh, is it? Would it be fair? He earned that, bro. I don't care. Yo, forget about the Wimbanyama hype, bro. Everybody trying to force the 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 rookie of the year in his hands. No, bro. The Spurs are like three and three and three and thirteen, three and twelve, whatever it is. That team was disgusting. Wemby is Wemby's good. No, I'm not gonna say Wemby's bad. Wemby's good, but no, I, I'm not gonna lie. If I'm keeping it a buck, I'd rather give it to. Um, um, there was another rookie I had in mind. I'm completely Sasser, Marcus Sasser. Hey, Marcus Sasser has been good. I, I saw Thompson, I saw oh. Thompson. I might give it to him before I give it to Wemby, if I'm being honest. I oh, mean, no, ha- Jaime Hawkins. Uh, Wemby, Jaime. sorry, Wemby. I'm sorry, I'm giving it to Jaime Hawkins before I give it to you, my bro. I'm but see, sorry, bro. Look, I, I, I even agree with that. Like, I, I agree. Like, I don't think that Remy should get it. They're on, they're on a 13 game losing streak themselves. So, like, that, that is nothing to, to praise. The only, the only reason that Wimby would get it is because the NBA is trying to hype him up at an early age. Like, that's the only reason he would get it. But I ain't gonna lie, Jay. I, and I was even talking to this about Trill the other day, too. Chet is not a fucking rookie. He's okay. This is his first year oh, out there. Bro, Jay, let me, let me tell you, let me talk to you about this. He last year was still living in Oklahoma City. He knew the coach. He knew the players. Like he got to travel with the team. He just didn't play on the court. But versus a rookie who was damn near in another state the year before on a whole nother team, didn't know the players, didn't know the coach. Like, bro, I think that that takes into account, bro. So, so we're not going to talk about Wemby playing in the whole professional league, bro. Oh we're not going to talk about that. We're That's... not going to talk about Wemby playing in the, in the French finals. We're not going to talk about that, though, right? But when, I'm not. Wemby not even shouldn't even be rookie of the year. He 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 out for me. I'm going right now. I got I got like how you said. Ha, uh, Yemi Hakez or or Marcus Sasser. I ain't gonna lie, they've been balling out for the, for, for their respective teams, man. Hundred percent, yeah. The, the Miami Heat just continued to impress me, bro. I thought man. they were gonna be borderline playing team, but hey, they're good. <laughs> man, the, the second you think the Miami Heat are done, the niggas coming right back. <laughs> hey, I don't know this guy, uh, uh, Eric Spolster. He's working some type of magic in that in that in the practices, bro. <laughs> man, he's doing some man, but. All right, Jay. So I think it's a good point for us to go ahead and wrap up our show. Um, is there anything you want to say before we go ahead and wrap it up here? Hey, I just want to say I appreciate you for having me on Clutch. You know what I'm saying? It's been fun talking hoops with you, bro. Um, I just want to say that the New York Knicks are the third best team in the Eastern Conference. Hell yeah, man. Hey, y'all better stop hating, man, because I, I, I tell you all the time, Jay, when the Knicks is rocking, man, the NBA is rocking, man, because Knicks yep. is the mecca of basketball, man. And for the family out there, y'all, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We got into a lot of things. We ran into some news around the league, the who's most likely to. Uh, we got into rate your worry, and then we finished with the winners and losers of the week. And before we get out of here, I do need everybody that's listening to go show love to Jay. Go subscribe to Jay. He's another great NBA uh, content creator. So I'm going to have everything linked in the description down below and under his little box right there, man. So y'all make sure you go show my boy some love. And don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to comment. Join the family. And um, NBA season's rolling, man. NBA season's rolling, yeah. Jay. Man, all right, family. We out of here, y'all. Clutch talk out.